Welcome to Simple Sustainable Home. I'm Rachel, the blogger behind Milk Glass Home. My focus is all about making sustainable living easy and beautiful. We're going to slow down and learn about cooking from scratch, gardening and preserving the harvest, setting up a low waste lifestyle, and keeping a non-toxic home. We have new episodes every Saturday to help you find new tips and strategies to make simple living easy. Let's get started. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to Simple Sustainable Home. This is Rachel, and today we're going to have another weird topic. I feel like I have to say that every week, like we're going to do something kind of weird. So maybe we should just accept that that's the normal for us here on Simple Sustainable Home. But I've been thinking a lot lately about uh, how to make the best decisions you can with your budget when it comes to grocery shopping and specifically compromising when cost becomes an issue. So especially right now, we, we've had several episodes here about you know rising food costs and trying to stretch your budget to make it, make it so that you can buy local organic food. But I know a lot of people are at a point right now where they go to the store and they see their options and it's hard to know which one to choose because they feel like they have to either overspend um, or support their values. They don't feel like they can support their values and do it on a budget. And it's definitely a complicated topic and it's easier said than done. But, you know, for those of you out there who are trying to just do your best to buy the best quality food you can and stick to a budget, I, I want to talk about that today and give you some insight into how to make those decisions so that you're getting the best food you can that you can afford um, while still honoring your budget. So that's our focus today. I hope it's really, really helpful. It's not going to be clear cut or black and white because a lot of this depends on where you live, your dietary style, your your budget, the amount of people you're feeding. So all of this, you're going to have to filter through your own life experience to adapt to your personal situation. But I really hope that this makes the process a little bit simpler. Before I even jump into any of these compromises, I just want to make sure you know that I am coming from a place of complete non-judgment. I believe that we have to do what's best for us with the resources and knowledge that we have at the time. So I know that you are doing your very best. If there are things that you've been trying that aren't working, or if there are things that I recommend that just aren't practical for you right now, that is not me saying you should be doing those or that you're doing anything wrong. I'm sure you're probably already doing everything you can, okay? My hope with this episode is to simply share some insights into how I think about my own food budget and where I compromise so that you can see if maybe there's a spot that you just hadn't noticed before. That's it. That's all I'm offering here. No criticism, no judgment. We're all doing the best we can, and I know that you are too. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I'm a little bit picky about the quality of food that we eat here. I have shared before that I, I'm a real foodie, right? So I believe that we should eat the highest quality food that we can afford because that food, and I'm not talking like gourmet sauces and stuff. I'm talking 
like organic, non-GMO, locally grown, using regenerative agriculture, pasture raised. Like I see that food is such a huge part of our wellness emotionally and physically. And I also see the connection between investing in higher quality food and how that can help the environment as well. So then we get into kind of a messy spot because what I'm generally saying is that I recommend buying the most expensive foods out there. Because let's face it, when you start adding the words organic or locally grown, the price tags just jump higher and higher. And for a lot of people, it feels really prohibitive and it feels kind of elitist to be like, well, thanks, Rachel. You're telling me I have to buy this kind of dairy or this kind of whatever. That's not going to fit my budget. I have kids or or other things that make it so that I just cannot keep overextending my budget. So then how do we figure this out? Um, I, it is helpful to know that, yes, I am recommending in general to purchase organic foods. I also recommend buying local foods, including meat, dairy, and eggs, um, and supporting local farmers for fresh produce. So I, I really am recommending those highest quality products. I believe that those are nourishing foods. The closer they are to the earth and to the original source, you know, like the least, the less processed they are, the better they are for you. So for me and my family, we prefer to prioritize our grocery budget over other things. And that's the first compromise. If you know that eating this way is going to be more expensive, then if this is something that you truly value, it's helpful to decide, okay, what else am I willing to get rid of so that I can prioritize this budget? And like for us, part of that is we don't buy a lot of new stuff. If we do need something, we check for secondhand items first. Um, almost all of my clothes come from the thrift store. I don't buy a lot of clothes. I cut my own hair. Like we do a lot of things to stretch our budget in all of the other categories so that we can allocate a good, strong budget to grocery shopping every month. That's the first compromise. Okay. Thinking about what can you cut to make sure that you're funding your grocery budget in the way that feels right to you. If you're trying to live more sustainably and you're not even really sure where to start, I'd love to invite you to sign up for my email newsletter. I send two messages a week with resources, tips, strategies, recipes, all kinds of tools to help you transition to a really simple, sustainable lifestyle. Plus, as a free gift, I send all of my, my subscribers something for free. Uh, I typically like to share my roadmap to sustainable living where I break down the five most important points to focus on in transitioning to a sustainable lifestyle so that you're not getting overwhelmed thinking about everything. You start with one place, let that one get strong, and then move on to the next one. The Roadmap to Sustainable Living is a free gift to all email subscribers. And if you head to the show notes, you are going to be able to find a quick sign up link so you can get that document today. All right, so at this point, we've taken a look at our budget to figure out if there are other things we can cut out to keep our grocery budget stable. 
you know, I really think about my grocery budget as an investment in my health. And so I like to keep that as strong as possible. But if, if you can't eliminate anything there, then the next thing to do is look at your grocery list and see what you can eliminate from that section of products. And there are popular common items that you typically just don't have to buy anymore. Nobody likes to hear this. It doesn't sound good to think about you know, changing your quality of life or like removing conveniences or products that you just enjoy having to save some money. But some of the things that we buy, we don't have to have. So like we don't buy milk. Uh, we try not to buy any processed or prepackaged items like chips or crackers or cookies. We don't typically buy alcohol at all. Um, we don't need to have chocolate. I do buy chocolate. That's one that we haven't totally been able to get away from. But those are some simple items that we just don't buy. And if our budget was really tight, we would probably switch to either a cheaper coffee or maybe play with a black tea or something. Um, it's, it's hard sometimes to make those compromises because sometimes we're buying organic for a really specific reason. Like if you're buying organic coffee, it's because you're typically going to be concerned with like pesticides, mold, like there's things that you're really trying to avoid, but that higher price point is really hard to pay. And so it can be helpful to take a look at it and say like, is this something I can do without for a little bit? Or is this something that I can compromise on quality um, or just use less, use more sparingly? And one tip that I have is to see if there's a discount grocery store in your area. And for us, we have a place called Grocery Outlet. It is a chain. And basically, if food is not selling very well in a conventional grocery store, those surplus items are purchased inexpensively by Grocery Outlet to help kind of prevent waste. And then we can buy it from them for a lower price. And I've been a diehard Grocery Outlet fan since we moved here in 2013. And I went to the first one because I can find like the highest quality products there for less, like things that I would buy online normally because I couldn't find them in my area, they are there. And they're typically a fraction of the price. So I go to my local grocery outlet to find all kinds of things. Like I get my cheese there because I can often find grass-fed or organic dairy for really good prices. And then I just buy a bunch and stock up on it. I used to get eggs there because they had the best price on pastured eggs. And one thing I haven't really talked about is we don't buy bacon like ever. We never buy bacon, it's really expensive. We like to have really high quality bacon and the, the price for that's just prohibitive. So we just don't do it. But I can often find really, really good quality bacon at grocery outlet on sale. When I say often, it's not all the time. So if I see it, I'll get like a few packs and stick them in the freezer. But it's just little things like that where like knowing that I can, I can make judgment calls in the store in the moment to get the best thing available to me. But there might be times that I don't have this product and there might be times that I do have this product. But Grocery Outlet's been a really great way for me to get high quality products for less. And so if you have a discount grocery store in your area, whether it's that store or another one, I'd recommend checking it out because there's so many organic companies and brands on the market that often you can find those higher quality items for the same price or less than like the conventional ones. One quick plug I want to make here is to also think about making things from scratch yourself. So especially if there's something that you're using often, see if there's a way that you can either buy it in bulk in a higher quantity to get a price reduction, 
or if it's something that you can make on your own. So for example, I mentioned that we don't buy milk anymore and we don't eat a lot of dairy other than cheese. But the one thing that we did for a long time was make our own yogurt because if I want high quality organic grass-fed yogurt, it's like $5 a quart, which is really expensive, where I could get that same quality of milk for around six to $10 a gallon. And even if you're paying $10 a gallon, if you turn that into yogurt, you're going to have a $2.50 price point per quart, which is like already half of the cost of the higher quality prepackaged one. So there's little ways there where you can put in a little bit of energy and get way, way more out of it than you put into it. This could look like baking from scratch, uh, making crackers on your own, making breads on your own, but you have to do what's right for you. So if you're already working a lot and you're really busy and you have no extra time being like, yeah, I'm going to bake all of my own bread and like, you know, make my own crackers and preserve all these other things. That is something that can be harder to fit into a busy life. It's not impossible. It has to be prioritized, but it can make things feel more stressful. But if you have the opportunity to make some things from scratch, it really can be a great way to reduce that expense. If you're really trying to figure out, you know, what, how do I compromise between organic and conventional. You know, when is it okay to step away from organic? I have to say that 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 part gets kind of tricky and that one is going to depend on the offerings at your local stores or wherever you shop, as well as your specific dietary needs. Because although traditionally my husband and I did buy conventional grains and things like that for a long time, we have moved towards buying organic pretty much everything at this point. Um, it's been a gradual transition. Like obviously if, if the organic price point is just too much for your budget, you know what to do. You know what to do. You know, that's not going to be a good fit for you right now for us, especially because the grains are so inexpensive. Typically they're not going to be that much per pound. So I would rather buy fewer grains and buy a higher quality ones that I use as my core products. Um, and we buy in bulk. So we got our flour from Costco, or sometimes we get it from Azure Standard, and you can get, what is it, like 20 pounds of organic white flour for like 10 bucks at Costco. It's not very much at all. And that's flour that we were able to use to bake our weekly loaves of bread. And so we are able to have these processed foods that come together quickly and easily for not much money because we're being thoughtful about sourcing organic products at the price point that works for us. Uh, so when you're thinking about grains, especially because they're typically pretty inexpensive, this could be a good place to just say, okay, I might not buy like every type of grain in the world. Like for us, we don't have everything. Like we don't, you know, I can't even tell you how many times I've thrown away cornmeal because I'll buy it. And then we typically just don't use it for much. So the grains that we have are um, white all-purpose flour and then whole wheat flour. And then we um, will also have things like brown rice or white rice. We have quinoa, but I'm not a big quinoa person, so we probably should just stop buying it. We have different lentils and dried beans and things. And those are items that are really inexpensive. They last for a long time. And they can really stretch meals and make meals more affordable. So investing a little bit of money in organic staples like lentils or whatever, you can use that to stretch cuts of meat and things like that so that you can really um, 
stretch your budget really effectively. So I think that's a great place to keep the organic quality if you're able to afford it at all. I would eliminate other things before I eliminated that. One excellent resource that I recommend for everybody who's trying to shop on a budget is the Clean 15 Dirty Dozen list from the Environmental Working Group. Every year, the EWG puts out a list of products that are safe to purchase conventionally because based off of the way that those products are grown, they typically will not be able to take in as many pesticides as other things. And the general rule of thumb here is that if it has a peel or a shell, the pesticides are going to have a harder time penetrating that peel or shell. And so the food inside is safer. So usually bananas are on this list, meaning that like you can buy conventional bananas and you're not going to have the exposure to the pesticides. Same with things like oranges and citrus. The only thing about that to remember is that you don't really want to be working with the peel of those products if they are conventional. So that's not a good one for like candied orange peel or, or something like that. Like save if you're doing something with zest, I recommend only doing that with organic. But some of the like for 2022, some of the worst crops for pesticides are things where we eat the skin. So strawberries, spinach, kale colored and mustard greens nectarines, apples, grapes, peppers, cherries, peaches, pears, celery, and tomatoes. So some of these are things that are very, they have a lot of pests when you grow them, and so they have to use the pesticides to eliminate that. And some of these are just really delicate. But all of these are items that we eat directly from the garden or from the trees. And so you can't just wash off the pesticides. These are products that you would want to buy organically grown to avoid the risk of those pesticides. And that might sound prohibitive. Like you might be thinking like, oh my gosh, Rachel, have you seen the price of organic grapes? And yeah, it's really high. And I will tell you, I typically don't buy a lot of grapes because that price is high. Instead, what I'd rather do is find items uh, that I can purchase less expensively in bulk. So we tend to eat kind of simply, like I would rather buy a 25 pound case of organic apples and use that as my primary fruit source than to spend more money on more expensive products. I, I have a rule of thumb and, you know, I kind of, I tend to be kind of stingy. We've talked about that before, but I like to pay about a dollar per pound for produce. So zucchini or apples or whatever, a dollar per pound is my benchmark. If you're seeing peaches or something for like $4 a pound, it doesn't mean they're not worth it, but I'm not going to buy them at that point. I would rather buy fewer items at the quality that works for me, at the price that works for me, than have a whole buffet of options in front of me. I'm able to get cases like that at local farm stores. So check where you are in your area. I mean, I'm fortunate that I'm in Washington, so we can get apples directly from the farms. Um, like the farms in eastern Washington will, will, will truck them over here to western Washington. And so we can get like really special apples. And I will make sure that I go out of my way to get a case of apples several times a year so that we always have those on hand and we always try to buy organic when possible. You know, organic strawberries are getting cheaper and cheaper. But another option here is to try growing some of these items yourself. Um, 
you know, if you have even the tiniest bit of growing space in your yard, you could easily grow some salad greens, some kale, some spinach. There's all kinds of things you can grow very simply. And those things would definitely help out with the budget because you wouldn't need to be buying them otherwise. But if you're ready for some good news, here are the products that you can buy conventionally grown uh, without having to pay for organic. These are products that even if you don't buy them organically grown, you're typically going to have a lower pesticide uh, threshold than um, other products. So avocados, sweet corn. Uh, there is one thing to know about sweet corn, papaya, and summer squash. Um, some of them are grown from genetically modified seeds. So if you don't want GMO products, then you would need to buy organic. But sweet corn itself is not heavily sprayed in the same way as other crops. So that's one that's on the clean 15 list. Pineapple, onions, papaya, and frozen sweet peas are all fine to buy conventionally grown. Asparagus, honeydew melon, kiwi, cabbage, mushrooms, cantaloupe, mangoes, watermelon, and sweet potatoes. These are all things that you can buy conventionally grown. And I know from firsthand experience that buying these organically grown are typically pretty expensive. So you don't have to worry about that with this. You can choose the conventional produce, which is typically going to be cheaper. And of course we wanna shop in season. Like for us here in Washington, asparagus season is over. If I want asparagus right now, I'm, I'm recording in mid-July, then I'm gonna be paying more and having it shipped in from further. It's just not, there's no point in that. Buy things in season as much as possible. Know this list. You can go to the EWG website and get printable versions of these lists to have in your bag or like have with your shopping list. But this is a great way to simplify buying produce because you know which ones are safe to eat, conventionally grown, and which ones are not. But it is really helpful to have that kind of rule of thumb in mind of if I'm eating the product as is, like there's not a peel or a shell or something to remove then I probably want to purchase it organically. If you can remember just that, you don't really have to carry the list around. Uh, it is helpful to have the list in front of you when you're first starting with it. But eventually, if you're just aware that the things that you eat directly, like I'm going to eat the peach skin and all, then those are products that you're gonna wanna have organically grown or from like a local farm that doesn't use sprays or things like that. Talking about meat on a budget is already like a whole topic that we could spend a really long time on, but I want to address that a little bit here because meat is typically going to be one of the most expensive products on our grocery list. And I know that you might not be a meat eater, you might be vegan or vegetarian. If you are somebody who's trying to eat high quality meat, how do you do this on a budget? How do you reduce those expenses? And the first thing to know is there's no shame and living off of the cheapest cuts you can find. You know, we typically eat a lot of ground beef because from a price per pound, it's the cheapest one. So we eat a lot of ground beef. And then if we're going to eat chicken, I, I will say it is easier now to find organic chickens in stores. Like you can go to Trader Joe's and get an organic chicken for like $15, which, you know, you can get a lot of meat out of that one chicken by cooking it having meat for several meals and then cooking the bones and making stock. So that's a great option too, is getting the whole chicken instead of buying individual cuts. You're going to have uh, the chance to use those bones too, which can give you a lot of 
nutrients and minerals. But let's think about the meat. What do we do? I have to say that after this year, uh, my husband and I split half a cow with our in-laws. And the thing that really, really shocked me was that the price per pound of all the meat was $6.47. This is not organic beef. Uh, I've, I have a whole post about finding the best beef for your budget. And I typically do not buy organic beef because the cost to get that certification is going to increase the cost of the meat. So instead, I try to just work with local farmers, get to know their growing methods, see how they raise the animal, and invest there. And yes, buying meat to get that price per pound was a lot. We had to invest hundreds and hundreds of dollars to have that. But by doing that, now I'm not spending money on meat in my monthly grocery bill. So my monthly grocery bill goes down and I, I have a freezer full of the best quality meat I can find. And that $6.47 a pound included ground beef and roasts and steaks and all kinds of things like that. So I'm pretty sold on this way of eating now. It is harder to feel like you can afford it because you're probably going to need to save up for that purchase. But if you can get over that hump where you have the money saved up for it, then you should be able to maintain that. Like if you keep your grocery budget the same and send the money for the beef to a separate account or save it in some way, then you'll be able to just keep doing that. Um, Think of it as a sinking fund, if you're familiar with that term for budgeting. I know that that probably, like if you're already struggling financially, the thought of somebody being like, save hundreds of dollars and buy a ton of meat at once, that doesn't sound great. But the thing to know is like, if you ever wanted to buy meat at that scale, you don't have to have half a cow or a quarter cow. You could split that into much smaller portions. So if you have friends or family in your area who are passionate about the same things and are trying to live on a budget, then saying like, hey, what if we pool our resources and team up here? That can be a great way to do that. If you're not able to afford that, you can still see if there are local farms in your area because for a long time I was able to buy uh, shares or like bundles of meat from local farms and still get a good deal. So um, for example, there was one that was doing a drop site in a town near me and they would send an email every couple of weeks and say like, hey, we have a deal on this. So if you get five pounds of ground beef, it's going to be a little bit cheaper. And I would watch those prices and then I would place an order. I'd get, you know, as much meat as I could at a time and then go pick it up and stock my freezer. And that was a great way to support local, to know the high quality of the meat and to save a little bit of money by taking advantage of that sale in the moment. The tricky thing about this is, you know, you have to have some money on hand to be able to do that. So I do recommend, you know, socking away a little money here and there to be able to buy those larger purchases of meat when possible. So that's that's one option. We also have a couple of local meat places near me and the quality of their meat isn't going to be the same as going to a local farm, but they can make some deals. And in that situation, you're still supporting a small business, which is great, but you might not have the same like super high quality meat that you would find if you were investing in like organic or grass fed somewhere else. There are other options too. Like if you go to Costco, you can get grass fed beef there. 
if you go to other stores, you can often find grass-fed beef available, and sometimes you can find sales on it. The thing to know is that a lot of that is going to be shipped in internationally, and so if that's uh, a, a problem for you, like that's a little bit of a problem for me, so I won't buy meat that's imported, but if you're at a point where you're compromising, then you've got to do what's right for you, so that could be something to consider. Another thing is that a lot of companies like Proud Cow or Wild Pastures will often have discounts where like when I was shopping from Crowd Cow, I had a deal where anytime I ordered, I'd get two free pounds of ground beef. And even those sorts of meat delivery programs will often have different deals and bundles and savings. And watching those and looking at the different numbers can be an awesome way to see if there's a good deal to be had. So in the show notes, I'm going to share some resources for you on some places to look for me in your area or to look online. So definitely go to simplesustainablehome.com and look for the show notes for this episode about compromise, and you'll be able to find links and quick resources to help you find me that could be mailed to you even at your own home. There's clearly so much to be said about trying to cook on a budget and I know that in the moment you know in the store or at the market and trying to make those financial decisions it is really hard to know the right thing to do and I just want to remind you that whatever you're doing whatever decision you're making even if it's a compromise it doesn't mean it's a bad thing every buying decision is a compromise there's always going to be a higher quality more expensive more premium product out there And at the end of the day, you need to do what's right for you, your family, and your budget. Overextending your budget and spending more than you can afford is not a great way to set up this lifestyle. It's okay if this is a gradual process. It is okay if only a little bit of your food is local or a little bit of it is organic. Any step in that direction is helpful, but right now the focus is on having what you need in a way that you can afford it. Once you have those items, then it's really important to minimize your food waste, know how to stretch meals, and make the most out of everything that you have. If you're looking for that sort of information, you know, these are just things that typically people learn from their moms and their grandmas growing up, but the world is different now, and we don't necessarily all have that knowledge that we would have had before about how to make our budget really work for us. But that is one of the main topics of my blog, is to help people cook from scratch, and set up a simple, sustainable pantry. I have a free weekly meal planner and pantry staples list to help you get organized, and those are gifts for email subscribers. If this is something you're working on, I really recommend signing up, getting those resources, get those emails, follow me on Instagram. You know, this is the life I'm living, and this is what I love to share about. So definitely check those things out in the show notes. Come hang out. Let's do this together. But you've got this. You can handle this. You're already doing a great job and you're just going to keep on growing and getting even better. I'll see you next week. Take care.